Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome to High Energy Health. I am your host and I so enjoy sharing with you each week on the show. As you know, we have the most stellar lineup of guests here. We have people sharing from all kinds of perspectives. We have inspirational speakers. We have scientists. We have biologists. We have researchers. We have people in various specialties. And bottom line is, that if you apply the things you learn and hear on high energy health to your own life, they're going to dramatically shift your life. And so I urge you to use programs like high energy health as self-care. I know I surround myself with positive people, positive media, positive music, positive books, and there's also plenty of negativity out there in the world. And so when that happens, you need an extra dose of positivity. And so high energy health is one of those places you can go every week and find something to to really inspire you. I also want to urge you to listen, as I always do, listen and watch with a notebook or a device in hand and take notes. I know I often am privileged to be in conferences and hear some of my friends and inspirational speakers and just giving us the most remarkable advice. And I listen and I make notes in my journal. Then I turn those insights into an action plan. How will I apply this in my life? So I want you just to, first of all, listen and pay close attention, but make notes. And then at the end of the hour, turn that into an action plan. What action steps will you take in your life to help you shift? And if you're doing this, if you're a lifelong learner, if you're always picking up tips from the best, the chances are you'll be continually shifting your life. You know, you meet people or you you watch people like Tony Robbins and Marion Williamson. You watch some of these great inspirational speakers and they're sharing their ideas. But I can tell you, I share the stage with many of them and got to know them. And I can tell you, they are always looking for improvement. Dave Asprey, bulletproof Dave Asprey. I can tell you, Dave is always looking for what will give him the next edge. Stephen Kotler, who wrote Stealing Fire and other books with Jamie Wheel and the, the Flow Collective. Stephen is obsessed with what he can do to challenge himself to the next level. Tim Ferriss, he is always seeking that, that tidbit of information that's going to allow him to excel and move to even greater heights. So even those people you think maybe they're your idols, maybe you think they've made it, but I can assure you they are doing exactly what I'm recommending to you right now, which is the learning, the reading. Jack Canfield, author of The Success Principles, Jack reads about 200 books a year. He doesn't read them all, all the way through, but he definitely reads them. And he has index cards, which he keeps with him. He writes his ideas on those index cards. He reviews those daily and is always 
is always learning. It's like Jack Canfield, but his Chicken Soup of the Soul series has sold about 300 million copies. That's like that's about as many copies as the Bible. You know, just huge numbers of copies of, of Jack's books in print. And yet Jack is always curious at learning. So be a Jack. Be one of those people who is always looking for new ideas. Be a Marion Williamson. Be a Brene Brown. Someone who is always focused on what they can do to shift their perspective and, and sharpen their skills. So do that and make high energy health part of your regular inspirational work. Now, speaking of inspirational work, I was so inspired when I ran into Dr. Draven James, and I spent some time on her website today, and I was just so appreciative, not just of her, her insights, but also of her energy. And I think you'll get her energy. You'll catch her. <laughs> you'll get her as you share with her today, as she shares with you. And she is an inspirational speaker. She is a radio host. She's a life coach. And she's the author of a book called Freedom is Your Birthright. She is the founder of the Next Step Leadership Academy and Everyday Peace, a platform for her to help and inspire others to build the life of their dreams. She also her weekly radio show, Dr. Draven James, Everyday Peace on Mind, Body, Spirit FM. And you can find her at her website, drdravenjames.com, D-R. D-R-A-V-O-N, james.com. Please visit her there. You will be as inspired as I was, and I know you will be inspired when you connect with her in the next hour. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. I am super excited to be here with you. I'm looking forward to sharing with your amazing audience. And I love what you said at the intro. Think of this as self-care. I love that. I absolutely love that. Absolutely. It's so important that we fill our minds with positive media. And this is a great place to start. So one of the things I, I was so struck by when I was reading about your work was your approach to gratitude. And you're talking about finding the gratitude in everything. You know, I, I was teaching a meditation retreat this last week. And one of the participants said, well, Dawson, you know, inner peace, equanimity, inner equilibrium, that's all very well for you to talk about. You uh, have a nonprofit and a great business. And, and then there are all these other people who are teaching these things and they have great lives. But you know, I have suffering, I have problems in my life, I, I can't get there, I can't do this. And so I'm the exception to the rule, I, ca I can't move into gratitude, and I can't move into those in states of inner, inner peace. And what do you tell people who just feel as though their circumstances driven are just conspiring against them, that they just can't get out of that trap and enter those kinds of wonderful states of, of well-being equilibrium? Yeah, so uh, that's such a great question, and and, it, and I want to just go slow here for a minute because I want our listening audience to know one thing: that first of all, we're all human, but secondly, whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, it's real because you're feeling it. And I, as a as a woman, as a life coach, as a human being extend my heart to you because I know that if you could choose a circumstance to be in or you wouldn't choose that. If you knew the magic answer to make it better, you'd do that. Here you are in the middle of what you're going through. And I'm going to talk for a moment as though I was coaching someone because this is so very important. This is such a great question to open up with is that first of all, congratulations. 
because you're here telling us or you're in this moment telling yourself or telling your story, which makes you not a victim, makes you a victor. Only the victor can tell the story, right? The victim is not around to tell the story anymore. You're telling the story, which is good. You're in that place. Uh, to take that healing to the next level, you want to move into what I call gratitude. Now, I'm not grateful for what you've gone through. I know that we, we, we say that a lot, don't we? We say, oh, I'm so grateful for this challenge. But honestly, we really wish we could get to where we need to be without the challenge. Let's just be real here, right? I can remember, real story. I can remember being in what I call the trifecta of pain in my life and telling on my knees, telling God, I really think I can learn this lesson, whatever it is, without all of this pain. I really do. I really do. I think I'd learn it better without the pain. Well, whether I thought it or not, I still had to go through the pain. So here's how I want to tell you to go through that situation is you go through it and you hitch your wagon to anything that you can be grateful for. Right. That's how you ride a roller coaster. I'm a person who's afraid of roller coasters, but I've ridden them and with my kids and with friends. And I would say, okay, I got to find something to be excited about because I'm about to go on the ride of a lifetime. Right. And what I would find and what I teach my clients in life is that when you feel like you're in what we call the dark night of the soul and things are happening that you wish were not happening, you're going to look for something to be grateful for. But you're not going to just look for something to be grateful for. You're going to use that something whatever it is. And if you're struggling for something, if you are blinking right now, this was one of the things that I wrote on my active gratitude card, Dawson. I wrote one day when I was in the middle of what I call the trifecta of pain and I couldn't think of anything to write down. And it occurred to me that I was blinking my eyes without assistance. And I got super duper happy about it because I know there's somebody out there suffering from chronic dry eyes or this, who would love to be blinking their eyes without assistance. And it sounds really small, but you go to wherever you have to go. You pick whatever you can hit your wagon to and you get excited about it. You get so excited about it. You don't want that thing to be taken from you. You're so excited that you have it. And that energy of gratitude has so much power. Once you find something to be grateful for, and you, I call it active gratitude because you're going to get actively jazzed and excited about whatever it is from the soles of your feet to the top of your head. Once you get actively grateful for it, that energy attracts more things into your life that you can be grateful for. That is how you do this in the middle of the storm. And I hope that I've made it simple enough because I know that there are lots of people Lots of people, and I've been in that place that I understand that. Lots of people who feel that right now, if you only knew what I was going through, you'd understand why I have nothing to be grateful for. And while I empathize with you as a person who loves humanity and wants you to do better, I can tell you that that energy would only draw more things for you to feel really, really bad about. We're going to use this, our ability to switch energies to harness the power of gratitude. Very important. That is such a powerful, concrete example, too, that all you could find in your trifecta of pain was that you could blink your eyes. And it's, you know, I, I sometimes think about this when I'm writing for my community. I usually write a Thanksgiving letter, Christmas letter, think about the holidays, think about what I want to share with people. And in meditation, which I teach, we often start with the breath. The breath is the fundamental part of each, every meditation school. And it's so simple just to think about your breath. And I was writing a, a blog about breath recently. And Raven, so I suddenly thought about you blinking your eyes. I thought, you know, how many people in the world have trouble breathing? 
And so I went on the World Health Organization website, and I was absolutely shocked at the number of people in, in the world who have respiratory difficulties, who have things like COPD, who have problems with their air passages, who have infections, who have various other things that they can't even do that basic thing of taking a breath. And so we can be grateful for something as simple as the fact that I can breathe in, I can breathe out. So you're right, there's always yes. something. Yeah. And you got to get really, and I love the fact that you said you went on there and you read how many people don't have this simple gift of being able to breathe on their own, being able to take a deep breath, right? And then when you really contemplate that from the from the stance of the viewpoint that look at me, look at me breathing in and out as often as I want, controlling it, stopping it, making it go fast, making it go slow. You would be amazed. It sounds like a game. It sounds too simplistic. And perhaps it's that way by design, that this is really, really simple stuff. And sometimes we overcomplicate stuff, but really the best, the most profound solutions are in simplicity. One thing I'm curious about with you personally, and when I was reading your bio and reading your website, I saw that you had a career in pharmacy as a pharmacist originally and that's just a whole such a different career from being a life host and a life coach and being an actress and all the other things you've done to inspire people and I, i'm just curious what was the the pivot point for you between those two radically different careers yeah, so funny. I got to tell you the story. And so I still am actively practicing pharmacy. I have my doctorate degree is in pharmacy and I run hospital pharmacies. And uh, so people often ask me, how does a pharmacist or become an actress or a life coach? And in my mind, although I lived many years compartmentalizing them for the world, for the external world, but internally, they were always for me to help. And I felt like that was my biggest mission in life is that I wanted to help people. And I felt like, well, if I had this problem, perhaps somebody else had this problem. If I figured out how to be uh, successful with my happiness, given these so-called traumas and tragedies, then I can help somebody else. And so when I was 17 years old, or maybe I was 16, I don't remember, but I happened to go on an interview with some recruiters from a pharmacy school. And I thought, well, I'm going to go to medical school. Pharmacy school is a great way to get there. And before I got there, the summer that I was leaving for, medical, for, for pharmacy school, my brother gave me the book entitled The Power of Positive Thinking by Norman Vincent Peale. And I read that book and I knew after reading that book, and I read it several times, well over 20 times that summer before I left, I knew that I was committed to go to pharmacy school. It was an external way to help people. But whatever had just happened and clicked inside of me after reading that tiny little book, that's really the way that I wanted to help people, to have an impact on them from the inside out. Because I knew then and I know now that if you can heal your perspective on life, the whole journey looks and feels different, right? That's you may not be able to control every external thing that happens. We can't, right? I've been telling people at my job all day, life is like a box of chocolates. So you remember that from Forrest Gump, right? We never know what we're going to get. But here's what we do know that we have control over the story that we give ourselves about the thing that's happening. So I see these worlds, pharmacy, acting, life coaching to be so intertwined now. And I always did, but now I can verbally express it because for years I didn't. I was like, okay, I kept this compartmentalized and that compartmentalized, but it's all a part of me wanting to give 
to other people the gift that they already have inside of them. So I'm not really giving it to them. I'm showing them where it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's inside of them and, and bringing it out. And you're right. I'm so glad you began with saying that you empathize with whatever pain people are in because you have to start there. I know that's a mistake I was making. I, I wrote a course on coaching psychology that's widely used now. And one of the, my early really real big mistakes I was making when I was working with people was not moving to where they, they really are. And then they do sometimes need those external uh, interventions as well as there's the internal ones. And they definitely need the empathy. They need to have somebody who's really there for them where they are. And so, uh, yeah, it's the starting point of how you really are able to then help people, suggest to people the possibility of movement. I know a lot of my work has been with, with people with PTSD, veterans especially, and often they're just so stuff. They just can't see any way out of their shoes. Usually we have to have them connect with another veteran that will help them get the idea that, hey, it's possible to escape this. But, you know, I'm sure you see people too in among your social circle, your friends and family. And I know I, I have people in my family too that they're just stuck and oh, I wish I could help them more and I, I can't. You know, I, I, I don't know where, where you are in this whole sort of meditation about this, but I know that I just, you know, th th those people who feel that they're, again, th this is the box, I'm in it, and I, I can't get out. That's such a great point, too. And I love the fact that we're really delving into some real hard issues because people really need this. And so I do have many clients and in my friend and family circle, and I would say myself at different points in my life, where you get fixated on something that's caused you pain and it becomes almost like a friend, right? Because if you turn around, it's there. It's like a best friend. And you, you get a moment of silence and your mind goes right to that thing. And, and you keep retelling yourself that story over and over again. And until you realize how exhausting it is and how heavy you feel. And so that you mentioned meditation a few times and I and I encourage meditation wherever people want to call it, going into the silence, you know, whatever words feels comfortable to you. But I encourage that because it's a way to just lay that burden down for a second and be able to like, huh. Wow. And so I don't know if you get this a lot and you probably do, but people will tell me, well, I can't steady my mind long enough to meditation, be meditate because this is right there. And I have this little trick and I'll share this here that I give my clients and stuff when I work with them. I said, so the mind is a, is a tool, just like a hammer, right? And a hammer can be used to build a house. And that same hammer can be used to break a window. It's just a tool. You can use it to build or you can use it to destroy. And right now your tool is destroying you. It's destroying your peace, right? It's destroying your creativity, right? Your rest. And so why don't we restructure that? Well, why don't we take that? I call it the hammer gone rogue, right? So it's just beating you up. And so I told them, I said, so we're going to just sit in the silence and we're going to give the mind a little break. And how we do that is we send it on a mission and we go into the silence, we close our eyes. And I said, now I want you to tell your mind to go look for light. And you'd be amazed at how the mind just wants you to direct it, right? And doing that helps you to get that. It's maybe just two seconds that you get this, it just off of your shoulders. And you realize, okay, I only had it for two seconds, but boy, it felt good. <laughs> I want to feel it again, right? And just that exercise, you just close your eyes and just sit there. You, just, you give your mind an activity because it wants you to command it, but it's got it all. It's like a two-year-old, right? Two-year-old <laughs> needs direction. But without direction, they throw tantrums, right? You got to sort of sit down with the two-year-old and get the toys in place and rub their back. The mind is the same way. So you sit there with it and you close your eyes and you say, okay, here's what we're going to do. I know there's light in here somewhere. I want you to go find it. 
and it goes off. It leads you along for a few minutes while it goes and looks for the light. And in the beginning, it'll come back in one or two seconds. No light, but we got these problems and it'll bring the problems back to you. But you'll start to, the more you do that, it'll go out and search it a little bit longer, a little bit longer and give you some break. So I do tell my clients that you got to want to first, got to want to, got to realize first that it's heavy. This burden is heavy. And that here's the big thing, Dawson, is that you've been thinking about it for two, three days and it hasn't changed. So you're thinking is not the solution. You've been thinking about it for two, three months. It hasn't changed. Your thinking is not the solution. And here we go. I have people been thinking about it two or three years. You're thinking about it hasn't changed it. Your thinking is not the solution. So would you follow into a solution? Because there is a solution. There is a solution. You already know what it is. It's inside of you. You just haven't tapped into it. Yeah, absolutely. And we do tend to revolve around the same issues and problems over and over again. And you're right, to give the mind a task that's different is a way of distracting it. My guest today is Dr. Draven James. Find her at her website, drdravonjames.com. My name is Dawson Church. You're listening to High Energy Health. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're taking care of yourself by tuning into inspirational, uplifting material and using it to both shift your thinking, inspire your emotions, and also look for ways of changing your life. I urge you to go to my guest's website, check out her work. Her website again is Dr. Draven James, D-R-D-R-A-V-O-N, James. Dot com and her book is called Freedom is Your Birthright. One of the things you have on your website is about turning your stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And I'm so intrigued by how you came up with that concept and what you recommend people do, because often their stumbling blocks are all they can see. You know, there's a great big, huge boulder in front of me here that I can't move. How <laughs> do I turn that into a stepping stone? So how do we shift our perspective? How do we change our, our way of seeing those things that seem to be just insurmountable obstacles on our path? Yeah, I love that question too, because they're stumbling blocks and our focus is, we're focused on them, right? We're so focused on them. And over the years, what I learned in coaching others and just paying attention to myself too, is that it really doesn't work for you to tell somebody, oh, well, don't focus on it. Try to think about something else. And it's like, okay, you pointed out the you know pink bunny in the room and it's all I can focus on is the pink bunny in the room. So our, sometimes our stumbling blocks are like that. If, if you have a problem, you get, for some of us, we get really fixated on the problem. Okay, so what does that mean? We have strong ability to to focus. And I and I say, okay, you have right now you are hyper focusing. That's excellent. Let's use that. Let's not. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of using the tools that show up in the moment. And if you are hyper focusing on the problem, great. We're gonna use it. I'm not gonna try to move you off of that. We're gonna use that. We're gonna turn that problem into a stepping stone because that problem has ignited your superpower, if you will to focus. 
So now let's use that focus and gently. So we, we just sort of work right there. And I, I talk, talk about the trifecta of pain. So I use this triangle in life. I said, everything in life, all of my goals are attached to my health, my wealth, and my relationships. And so, and, the, and I have found that to be true with just about everybody that I've, that I've worked with. Your happiness, your pain points are generally connected to one of those three categories, your health, your wealth, or your relationship. So just to give you an example, if your stumbling block happens to be a, a, a relationship issue and you're hyper-focused on that relationship and that relationship issue, then I have you dig, dig deeper because we're on focus and I have you start writing down, say, okay, let's focus, let's drill in. And I want you to start focusing on the relationship that you have with yourself. You know, give me three words that describe you and then we'll just drill in. Why that word? And, and after a while, you find yourself, you're lifted. You start lifting, you start lifting. You're still hyper-focused. We're still in the relationship category. We just maneuvered a little bit. And now that stumbling block, which was being hyper-focused on relationship has become a stepping stone into deeper self-awareness. And in that area of deeper self-awareness, well, a whole world of possibilities and creativity open up for us. And perhaps we discover more parts of ourselves where we're either able to find a creative way out of the situation that we're in or free ourselves to move. And so that's what I call the process of turning a stumbling block into a stepping stone, looking at whatever that stumbling block, what traits it draws up in, with you in you and turn those traits into tools that can enhance our journey. That is such a powerful way to flip it from being making the very obstacle that is obstructing you into the fuel to actually drive your transformational journey. It's a brilliant idea. I, I love that way of handling it. I'm just curious, has there been one big time in your life when you did that to shift something you were working on personally? Oh my goodness. I talked about my trifecta of pain and it was a season of my life where my health, my wealth, and my relationships were all negatively impacted. At least that's how I felt in that moment. I was in 20 years of marriage and I realized that my gosh, what I thought was going to be a lifetime of marriage was not going to be a lifetime of marriage. And so my relationship was fractured. And then I got diagnosed with an autoimmune disease and I lost my job. And here I was <laughs> right? in this trifecta of pain. And in that moment, three huge stumbling blocks. And I said, where am I now? Well, it drove me inward to just analyze. And I became hyper-focused on how I moved on the earth and what was the message and the footprint that I was setting forth. You know, how had this happened? You know, my job lost the funding for my position and I'm, you know, I'm out of a job, my health. And I thought, wow, this is a great experiment. If I can use these tools that I have been studying and teaching, I, you talked about journaling. I had from 1986, you know, all the way in journaling. And if I can use these tools, I'm really to utilize what I call the trifecta of pain to turn that into a stepping stone. I'm really going to be able to teach this from a different level. And that's what I did. Those three things were happening in my life all at the same time. Imagine that. And it was no wiggle room. I, I, it was nowhere for me to run. And then I had to face it. And I faced it using these principles. Here's where I am. This is what I'm doing. I was hyper-focused the things, me, how could I have ended up in this situation? And I just started taking these deep dives and said, okay, this is what you see. This relates to this philosophy, to this. And I started walking it out. In fact, that's when I wrote my book, Freedom is Your Birthright, in that period. So not only did you 
perceive it differently and realize that you could use these these challenges as an ex- treat yourself as an experiment and apply these principles that you've been reading for so long, but that you could share them with other people through the book and through your other work as well. So it actually led to that whole shift in in offering those skills to other people who are are struggling too. That's a, such a, a powerful, amazing story. I'm so grateful that you were able to work creatively with what you were were given in the midst of all of those, what must have been devastating disappointments. And again, that's such a, a testament to the power of these ideas. They aren't just ideas as we apply them in our lives, then they really have the power to shift us internally and then externally. So I'm going to ask everyone who is listening right now, think about your own life and think about how this applies to you. What is it that you are struggling with right now? Make a note of it. And then how can you treat this as an experiment the way Dr. Drayvon did? How do you treat this time in your life when things aren't working as an experiment and seeing how you can apply these principles, turn those stumbling blocks that are in your way around, and then use those creatively to encourage the next steps in your growth? These are great ideas, and I I really want you to think about that deeply and then see how you can apply this in your life. We're going to go to a break right now. My name is Dawson Church. You're listening to High Energy Health. For more on Dr. Drayvon James's work, go to her book, her website, dr, Dr. Dr. Drayvon, D-R-A-B-O-N, james.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church, and I'm so glad you are here. You are here. We are here. We are here for you. And you are here for you. Just the fact you are listening to High Energy Health means that you are drawn to positive thoughts, uplifting ideas, solutions. And as you apply these things you learn on the show in your life, you can have your life shift in all kinds of wonderful, dramatic, and fabulous ways. I've been doing a series of experiments, a series of studies on human potential, especially our ability to reach transcendent states. And Abraham Maslow, the great psychologist, said that above self-actualization lies a new state, which he calls self-transcendence. And so I've been studying these now, working with colleagues to map these states. And in you, as you use the kinds of tools and techniques you learn on this show, you'll find yourself moving into, first of all, self-actualization, beyond that, into self-transcendence. So make high energy health part of your life, part of your plan for your own well-being, and inspire yourself, take action every week. It can make an enormous and practical difference in your life. One of the wonderful concepts I saw on your website was a smile journal, Draven. A smile journal. I was so tickled to read about that. Please tell us more. Oh, yes, Dawson. Well, um, I, but like you, coach a lot of people, and sometimes people get into a rut. And uh, I'm a life coach, not a therapist, so I don't profess any clinical you know, treatment of depression, but I get people who've been down for a little while and and they just want to feel better. And what I am mindful of is that in all of my years of coaching, what I know is that we are not as self-aware as we think we are. 
right? We probably could tell you more about the presidential election or our favorite celebrity <laughs> or athlete than what we could tell you about ourselves. Yeah. But we don't spend a lot of time just observing ourselves, just being with self and being aware of self. So I have this smile journal and it came about when working with clients and I've been doing it. I do it for myself. I, you know, I, I'll encourage clients to do it is to spend time with a little journal or a little index card. I keep index cards with me and I catch myself smiling and I love a journal. I have mine in my hand and so I write stuff in this journal all the time. And when I catch myself smiling, I'll say, oh, I just smiled. And I'll write down what caused me to smile. It could be, I walked past this fascinating little girl today who had these gorgeous little shoes and they were just so beautiful and I smiled. It just made me, I looked at her shoes, I just smiled and I had my little journal. I stopped and I wrote that down. I was out for a walk and I wrote it down. Little girl, beautiful white shoes made me smile. And it reminds me at the end of the day, and we'll talk about a process um, that I use of ending the day as a superhero and it helps to have a good night's sleep when you can go through your smile journal and pick and just read quickly. Maybe you've written it down three or five things that made you smile, you realize no matter how difficult the day was, and we have some difficult days, we do, no matter how difficult the day was, you found two or three things to smile about. You're not as miserable as your mind would want you to believe. You're not. You're not, your mind is having you focus on something that's causing you to be re-traumatized over and over again. Your mind is being used to as a hammer to break the window instead of as a hammer to build the house. And the smile journal helps you reorganize your mind and let that tool of your mind start to do what it's supposed to do, encourage you to build to your next level of greatness. So a smile journal is a tool to help just perspective, switch the perspective mindset to help reorganize and re, I, re, I took, redirect the mind to, where, to what it should be doing to help you and not to destroy you. Yeah, the two-year-old you mentioned, or directing the two-year-old. And speaking of two-year-olds, I'm just gonna share one story with you. I have a two-year-old granddaughter. I have a whole bunch of grandkids, but one, one two-year-old granddaughter is a lot of fun to be, be around. And this one of the things she does is she plays with magnetic letters and numbers on the refrigerator. And so this last week, I was leading a meditation retreat at my house. And one of my team members came over to do some videotaping. And he brought his two-year-old son with him. And his two-year-old son soon discovered the letters and numbers on the refrigerator that my two-year-old granddaughter plays with. And so if I were keeping a smile journal, this would go into it. So this little two-year-old kid finds the number eight. And he holds up the number eight to me and he says, eight, eight, eight. And he sticks his fingers through the holes of the number eight. And he's just yelling with joy, number eight. And I thought, <laughs> that's the most joy anyone's got from the number eight ever in the history of humankind. I mean, it's so when you're attuned to these things that are just happening all around you. And I'm so grateful for your work in sensitizing people to them. You, you, know, you say that most of us are operating our lives with so little self-awareness. And just that is a way of becoming mindful and aware of the world around us. So what a, a great idea. And okay, if you are listening to High Energy Health right now, you are required, not requested. It is mandatory homework <laughs> before next week. I want that smile journal. Index cards are okay. If you want something you can carry on with you, little yellow sticky notes are fine if you want to, or you can actually buy an actual journal and do this, but get a smile journal and bring it next week and make sure it's part of your daily life. What a fabulous gift. Thank you so much for 
<laughs> That's You're great so idea. welcome. I hope everybody uses it. I hope you do. You'll find you, you'll just shift in that. And now I'm smiling about the number eight too. So see how you can share it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one other piece of research I read a few years back is that the average baby laughs 300 times a day, like a little two-year-old. They laugh 300 times a day on average. The average adult laughs 20 times a day, a 94% reduction in laughter. So I and see part of what I do with the show and part of what I do with my life is being to uh, <laughs> help adults move back up the ladder to where they were when they were two. You're listening to High Energy yes. Health, and I hope you're laughing along with Draven and me. For more about her wonderful work and her book, please check out her website, drdravenjames.com, drdravenjames.com. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back in a moment. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church and I love sharing with you every week on the show. Can you tell that Drayvon and I are having a lot of fun? <laughs> we're laughing, we're smiling, we're just playing here with life and with the show and with our exchange. Why not live every day that way? Why not be one of those adults who has learned to laugh 300 times a day like you knew how to do when you were two years old? So be one of those kids who's sticking their fingers through the number eight, wiggling them and just cracking up and saying the number eight. I mean, why not make every day that way? Draven, you mentioned earlier your superpower. What do you mean by your superpower? Oh my goodness. And we all have them. I mentioned earlier about, we talked about turning stumbling blocks into stepping stones. And one of the things we talked about, which really seems negative in the moment is hyper-focus, right? We can hyper-focus, but I want you to think about something. One of my favorite movies, at least for the, I guess the action was The Matrix, right? And how they could do things in slow motion. I equate, equate that with hyper-focusing. I'm like, oh, they can really see the details, right? And so when we get really annoyed or really stressed, we have certain things that happen and certain things in our character. And I encourage people to pay attention to that, right? Because that thing that's happening can be used as a stepping stone, whatever it is, right? You become super sensitive, right? Wow. Now you can become super in tune with yourself. Hmm. Then you'll start moving towards things, gravitating to, towards things that attract you to your next level of greatness. But when I talk about the superpower, I specifically mean you're super, you being a superhero and ending your day as a superhero. So that's the superpower to do that. And how that looks is this. When you, I like to begin my day with gratitude. I set out, that's my intention. I'm going to find something Hitch my wagon to that star of gratitude. I'm going to lean on it all day long. I write it down the index card and I take it with me, right? At the end of the day, when I get in the bed and I'm getting quiet, there's a tendency for the mind again to start wanting to use that hammer, start breaking windows, right? Oh, you didn't do this. Oh, you, you know, look at you. You ate too much pizza, too much cake, too much candy. You're such a loser. The mind does that because it thinks it can correct me and help me by criticizing me. It doesn't work. So here's what I do. I sit there as a superhero and I write down everything. I retell the story of my day and I make myself the hero. Well, I may have eaten three pieces of pizza. I may have done that, but did I walk to the, you know, did I do any walking today? Did I say a kind word to somebody? I write all these things down because I am painting the image of myself as the woman I like to be. 
we talked at the beginning before the show came on, act as if this is my me as a superhero. So I look for those things. I flip through my smile journal because I noticed something. See how in tuned I am with, with beauty, with, with love of other people. I end my day with compliments towards me. And I don't make these things up. There are things that I actually did or didn't do. Was I in a meeting that was highly charged with negativity, but I kept my cool and calm? I write that down, right? And I end my day. And sometimes I don't even write it down. I'm in the bed and I just start visualizing me with a cape on, a superhero who did these wonderful things. And there may be small things because that's really what super people do is they do small things. We all do small things and they end end up creating a huge life happiness, the life that we want to have. It's different for me as it is for Dawson, as it is for every listener that we have on here. But we all have creative power over the life that we are building. And ending your day on those high notes, seeing yourself as a superhero is your superpower. And I encourage people to do that because you sleep better and you wake up in the morning and you're not so down on yourself. You feel like, yeah, I'm pretty important. I'm important because I'm kind. I'm important because I listen. Whatever the traits are that you're looking for in yourself. Yeah, and it's also a way of being mindful and then reviewing your day mindfully at the end of the day and then shifting the balance toward the positive. And every time we fire those positive neurons in our brains, we strengthen those neural pathways. They become more and more active and then that gradually becomes a part of our personalities. So practicing that over and over and over again can really start to shift people that are are stuck in, in the ways we've talked about here. And I so appreciate that emphasis you have on using that power. And again, that's a power you only get if you use it. So you have that power to reshape the way you see the day, to reframe the way you see your day, constantly reframe the way you see your day and do that tonight. So here you are, you're listening to High Energy Health. Dr. Draven James is giving you this remarkable insight to shape your day that way at the end of each day. Revise your reality to remember those things that were positive, that were uplifting, even though everything wasn't perfect in the day. So do it tonight. Write that down now. Make sure you do it tonight. Listen, be inspired, take action. So I'm so grateful that we have this information and now it's time to put it into practice. Just give us two or three other tips in, in closing, Draven, that we can apply in that way in our lives right now. Oh my goodness. I want to give you this one. And I sort of alluded to it. I told you that we, I start my day with gratitude and I have a practice called uh, active gratitude card. And again, I'm focusing on your mindset because it's so important. So here's tip number one. Your mind wants to deal in the past to criticize you. So you have to control that. You know what's going to happen. So first thing in the morning, you take a little card, you write down three things that happened in the past. By the past, I mean yesterday. Three things that happened yesterday that you're grateful for. They already happened. They're in the past. So that when your mind wants to go to the past, you direct it to that those three things. It can only think on those three things. And then you flip that card over, your little index card, and you write down three things that have not yet happened, but that you're grateful for. And that is your intention. You're setting your intention of gratitude for today. So you write that, and, and they're really simple. I sat down, one of mine today was that I am grateful that I feel safe and provided for all day long. And things happen as they always do. Guess what I felt? Safe and provided for. So that's a tip that I want you to take with you. It's called the active gratitude card. If you don't do anything else, start your day with gratitude in your day as a superhero. Yeah, powerful. And, and just that simple affirmation, safe and provided for, is able to remind you 
of your well-being, well, remind you of your blessings, remind you of your resources. And those sorts of reminders practiced throughout the day are going to shape your life. Draven, you are an incredibly inspiring human being, and I'm just so grateful for the work you're doing. I just expect to see it continue to bless people and inspire them, and I just see your message reaching huge numbers of people in the time to come. Thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing your struggles, and also how you've learned all of these things that can make a difference in the lives of other people. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're so welcome, Dawson. You're doing such amazing work. Thank you. It's a privilege to be doing this. And I tell my wife when I get home from, quote, work every day, they call it work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's great more like you just, can have that. <laughs> going and playing every day. So <laughs> right. it's a workaholic. I'm a playaholic. It's like. <laughs> playaholic. Right. <laughs> so thank you again for listening to High Energy Health. It's been a pleasure to connect with you here. Please tune in next time. Till then, I'm your host, Dawson Church saying, be healthy, be happy, be wise, fill your life with love. Thank you. 